Amen. I've got quite a few scriptures to try to read today, so I need, I, I need to get started. I'm going to be going first to the book of Luke, the ninth chapter, to a story in scripture that everybody knows about real well. Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 17, to begin with. Hallelujah. It's on the screen there. If you don't have your Bibles, you can follow along on the screen. He said, when the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and, and lodge and get provisions. For we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all of this people. For there were about 5,000 men. And by the way, that's that's, that's men. They, uh, women and children were included. Uh, was not included in that 5,000. So it was much more than 5,000 that was fed that day. Then he said to his disciples, Make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. Let's pray. Lords, we come today. We thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your grace. I thank you, Lord, for the, the flowing of the Holy Spirit that's in this room today. And I'm asking God that through this message you will speak to every heart that is here. You will encourage people, lift them up. Speak to our hearts. Let us know what you would have us to know today. In Jesus' holy mighty name, does the church say? God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I, too, want to commend all the, the young people that worked so hard yesterday. They did a tremendous job. They, uh, they served everybody. Uh, everybody just got uh, to sit down, and they came and got your order. And, uh, and I appreciate everybody that supported them. I think that they, uh, they got, I don't know, two or $300 in tips in those jars. That was great. Uh, and uh, that was tremendous. So I uh, appreciate you uh, back in supporting the young people. There was, <laughs> I think this is the first time for me of all these, all these years uh, using at least part of something I heard spoken in a board meeting. For the title of our message. What I want to talk about today is implementation of the God factor. Implementation of the God factor. We all need the God factor in our lives. We need 
to always have God in the equation. Because we cannot make it without Him. The God factor. Most Bible scholars think, say, you know, if, if at least half of those 5,000 men were married, and then the children, back then, all them Jewish people, I mean, they all had 11 or 12 kids apiece. For family back in those days, this number 5,000 went up to several thousand. And different scholars give different numbers. Nobody knows for sure, but it was a great number of people. And when you look and see that it's amazing, all of those people that were gathered together that day, only one person came prepared, and it was a little boy. Now, it, it don't mention the little boy in this passage, but if you go, if you go to uh, some of the other Gospels, it lets you know where they got the five loaves and the two fish. Now, this is something that I've never heard a preacher mention or a Bible teacher mention. But the Spirit of God spoke to me. All of those people, didn't none of them come prepared but one little boy. He come prepared. He had a lunch pack. There's a lot of people in church today when they go to the house of God, they don't go prepared to see God do nothing. God don't show up because they don't come prepared. Brother Darrell told me, said tonight, says, you know, we're still going to... All those who wants to, we're going to meet at 530. We're going to do some praying before. You know what that's doing? That, that, that's getting your lunch prepared. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a time that we all need to be prepared. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not, I'm not here being a prophet of doom today, but I want to tell you something. Everybody in this house that's sitting here right now it don't matter how old you are. It don't matter, it don't matter uh, uh, if you're male or female. But if you live long enough, and you might be going through some trouble right now, but if you live long enough, amen, you, you're going to face some situations in the future, amen, that's going to knock the wind out of you. Hallelujah. It comes to everybody. How come some people can get through it and then some people just break up and they lose everything. Lose, uh, lose, some lose their mind and everything else when trouble hits. One reason is they don't prepare for that day. Hallelujah. Now, I'm in the house of God today. I got up and I didn't, uh, Lord knows body-wise, I didn't feel like it. I wanted, I wanted so bad to pick up my phone and call another minister to come in and take over for me today. But the Lord wouldn't let, listen, hallelujah. I don't know what's going to face me next week. So what I'm doing right now, I'm packing a lunch, hallelujah. When I was over at the keyboard worshiping God a while ago, I was getting my lunch ready. I I'm preparing today. I come to the house of God. So when the devil tries to trip me up next week, I'm going to be prepared. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. That one boy was prepared. But Lord of mercy, all, all he had there that he gave to the disciples was five loaves of bread and two fish. How in the world could that amount feed all them people? Humanly, humanly speaking, it was an impossibility. Not possible. Lord, I got some of you when you go out for a fish dinner, eating more fish than that yourself. Hello, somebody. Amen. You sit down and get a big old catfish. Hallelujah. Personally, my favorite up to me, I mean, everybody's got their favorite. Man, I, I don't think it's hardly nothing better than good fried crappie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. But it is an impossibility, humanly speaking, for all of those many people to be fed. But Ronnie, that's without adding the God factor. A lot of you who are new here and don't know, have not, uh, didn't know us back before we got this facility, if you knew our history, and you were what we've had and what we've done and on all those things. If you look around in here, you would say it's an impossibility for us to own a sanctuary as beautiful as this, sitting on nine and a half acres. But when you put the God factor in it, When you put the God factor in it, man, I, I did everything I knew to do with reaching here and reaching there. Man, I, I can't tell you how many bankers that I called, amen, and all that kind of stuff. But once we, amen, put it in God's hands and we let the God factor take over, I had the banker's brother Bobby calling me. Some of you are going through situations in your life right now that you don't see no way out. You wonder what's going on. Hallelujah. You say, this is an impossibility. I can't get through this. I don't care if it's a job situation, a financial situation, a problem with children, or what it is. But when you put God in the equation, come on, somebody, when you got the God factor there, glory to God, hallelujah, amen. David said, by the Lord, I can leap over a wall and run through a troop. Hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. And that came from a man who knew what he was talking about because when he was a boy, he done killed a lion and a bear and stood up against a nine-and-a-half-foot-tall giant and took him, cut him down to size. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Huh? There wasn't nothing special about that stone David picked up in that creek bottom. Wasn't nothing 
special about that sling. He was probably homemade. He probably made it himself. Probably wasn't even store-bought. He probably, he probably made it himself. But when that teenage boy went down in that valley and stood before that giant of a man, he stood there and says, You come against me with a spear and staffs, but I come against you in the name of the God of hosts of Israel. Hallelujah! And when he slung and he let that go, just as soon as that rock left that sling, the God factor kicked in. Oh, somebody ain't hearing me. Glory to God. Glory to God. The God factor kicked in. And that giant fell. Why don't you let the God factor move in your life? If you got some giants, amen, that needs to come down in your life, maybe your giant is sickness. Maybe it's depression. I don't care what it is. Let the God factor come in and it will slay the giant every time. Hallelujah. My, my, my. I don't think it would take very much persuasion to convince everybody in this building this morning that we live in an imperfect world. Hallelujah. When God created everything, everything was good, is what God said. But man messed it up. And now we live in an imperfect world, because, not because of God, because of man messed it up. And there are times when it seems that whatever can go wrong will go wrong in your life. I think so. I'm talking to some people that's been there. Life for sure has its obstacles. And then there are the times when you try as hard as you can to accomplish and make things better for yourself, make things better for your family, and even you try to make things better for those that's close to you, around you. But when your back is against the wall and you have done all you can do, your good judgment, now follow me now. Your good ju- here you are, your back's against the wall. You're in between a rock and a hard place. You tried everything you can do. And then your good judgment and your common sense tells you it's not working. Nothing that I'm doing is working. Hallelujah. And from a human perspective, or can I call it the human factor? Hallelujah. The situation is hopeless. Just like feeding all those people with five loaves and two fish. That was an impossibility. Do you understand that? By the human factor, it was hopeless. But that's where the God factor slips in. Hallelujah. And I like what Brother Flannery says right here. Glory to God. It's not impossible, but it's him possible. Oh, glory to God. I said it's him possible. Hallelujah. I can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. But we serve a God who does all things. Do you say amen? Hallelujah. That we got some people that you need to let him possible intervene in your life. I want you to understand something. There's never... I want to... 
talk about a couple things. The first thing I want to talk about is never too hard for him. Hallelujah. I've come up against some hard situations for me. There's some things that say, man, this is going to be rough. It's tricky. But I've never seen anything that's too hard for God. Hallelujah. What I'm doing is trying to let you know how you can implement the God factor in your life. Some of you need to be reprogrammed in your computer. The one between the two ears. Providing it's not it's more there than just empty space. Um, hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why I don't like nobody. I don't like nobody blowing in this ear because it may hear an echo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The God factor, the implementation. I want to let you know what, what to do. you got to reprogram your thinking to where it's always in the front of your mind that there's nothing too hard for God. Nothing too hard for God. It don't matter what it is. The sister brought up, uh, 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 wanted us to do a prayer call a few minutes ago about somebody that just found out about cancer. Some people get really bent out of shape about that, but let me tell you something. Cancer is no problem with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know people that God is healed with cancer. Cancer is, is not a problem with God. And it don't matter what situation that you're coming, that's coming against you, you need to make sure you got it programmed in your head that you're thinking never too hard for him. The book of Genesis chapter 18, verses 11 through 14. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Amen. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. See, the Lord, the Lord appeared to Abraham in the form of an angelic being as they were headed down to Sodom and Gomorrah to check out that situation. And he spoke to Abraham. He told Abraham he's going to give him a son. And Abraham was old, Sarah was old, and both well, well stricken uh, in age. And when Sarah inside that tent heard this angelic being talking to her husband, therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Notice this. Now I know this is not politically correct today. And it ruffles some feathers. But I, I've been used to ruffling feathers in the past. Hallelujah. 
Maybe a good thing I'm carrying a cane around. I'll have it hit somebody in the head if I have to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord, now, Sarah was the one doing the laughing. Abraham didn't laugh. How come, didn't, how come God didn't uh, speak to Sarah directly? You know why? I don't care what society's got all twisted up. Every man God has designed to be the priest of their family and household. That's the order of God. And I don't care men's trying to twist up and mess up God's order in every kind of way you can think about. How God directed his talk to Abraham because he was the one that was the high priest over his family. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so men, hallelujah, you need to be the one who stand up. Hallelujah. The man needs to be the one when it's church time to tell the family, it's time to get ready to go to church. The wife shouldn't have to get them and say, oh, let's go to church. Or, are you going to church today, honey? Hallelujah. God says it's time, first of all, it, Oh, hallelujah. Now, help me now, but I'm going to do some preaching. Glory to God. Amen. We got some people running around trying to say, we're going to make America great again. Ain't no one man going to make America great again because America's problem, amen, it's, it's a moral problem. We got a moral issue. And first of all, it's going to take men to stand up and be men and start doing some leading. When it's worship time right here, the I noticed that the women got up here and worshiped. That's a crying shame. And that don't make God happy. The man should be the first one up every time worshiping God. Man, God expects you to take lead. You can be henpecked if you want to, but when trouble happens to your house, God's going to talk to you. He ain't going to talk to your wife. Won't have to walk around here with two bad legs. Maybe we need to move on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I preach? This is not in my notes, but I've got to follow the Spirit of the Lord. There are some men today. American manhood, they have lost their masculinity. We got too many sisters running around here. Men want to sit back, and not do nothing, make the women do everything. When it comes time to correct children they'll let, they'll let mama have to be the bad guy hello somebody come on I mean, I'm still in the book I'm still in the book Sarah laughed I'm not going to get my message finished today I'm, I might finish it tonight <coughs> Sarah laughed. God didn't say a word to Sarah, but he spoke to Abraham. 
That is there because that is a godly principle that started right there in Genesis. And if you'll study the Bible, you'll find it all through the book. So when you get to the New Testament, oh, I've said this much. I've gone this far. I better finish it up before going. on. It started that way in Genesis with Abraham and Sarah. And after it got all through the New Testament, Paul says, the man is the head of the woman like Christ is the head of the church. Say one more thing about that, and then we're gonna, I, got to, I, I got to move on. If any of the principle of God's order is out of line in your home, the blessings of God will not flow in that home like it should. Sometimes our life and our families and our homes, we need to do them like we do, do our automobiles when they get out of line. You ever passed a vehicle and that vehicle's going down the road like that? I've seen some. <laughs> it will cost you more. You say, well, I don't, I don't have the money to go and get it lined up. But if you don't line it up, you're going to wind up spending more keeping tires on it. Amen. Because it will eat them, eat them up. So you have to get that car lined up. So quit blaming the devil for everything bad's going on in your household when you, your household, God says, needs a realignment. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Realignment. Hallelujah. Let me finish reading this. The Lord said to Abraham, Where did, Why for did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I... Sh uh, of a surety bear child, which am old. Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? So what, Sarah? So what? That, you know, you, you're long, probably 25, 30 years past the age where you even, you even had that time of the month. That's what it meant when it read a while ago that it said it ceased to be with savor after the manner of women. That don't mean nothing with God. Mary was a virgin and never knew a man, but yet she gave birth to the King of Glory. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Sammy? I'm telling you there's not anything too hard for God. And God asked Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Hallelujah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to finish right there. I'm going to stop right there. Uh We live in, as I said, we live in an imperfect world. We all have issues that we have to deal with. 
in some time. <laughs> now, I, I know I'm the only one here that this, this has ever happened to. But I, I've, I've been put in a situation before, brother, where sometimes I had more of the month left than I had money in the bank. I'm probably the only one here ever had to deal with that. And I had bills coming up. With me, it was an impossibility. Hey, one out of of hundreds. (coughs) My Lord, I... When I, when I first obeyed God and I, and I walked away from a job that I've been there for many years and I was making good money. And man, God had put me in favor with all the men and the big officials there at that place. Darling used to tell me all the time, says, you get back with murder there. And God blessed me there. A lot of people went there and didn't work long and left. They didn't like it, but God God placed me there for a purpose and a reason, and I was blessed there. <coughs> and it was hard for me to walk away from that and move to Kentucky. And I and I moved to Kentucky, but I still drove back and forth every day because I didn't want to walk away from what I had until God set my fill on far. And I believe you, folks, if God is trying to do something in your life. And you keep, do not, you, you don't listen to him. He'll set your field on fire. He'll burn up something in your life. Hallelujah. God knows how to get your attention. And one day I was sitting there doing my job and had, had that hand laid up there where I shouldn't have had it laid. And that dog chain come around through there and carried that tank down there where I was welding that tank. And, man, a thing hit me and caught, caught and I felt I looked up and that hole in that thing was hanging down over here. I never, I remember that. It went back in my mind. I remember the day I wanted to be able to play something so bad. Man, I wanted to. I seen other people could play guitar and all that and all that stuff. Man, I couldn't play a radio without getting static. Never had a lesson. Nobody ever taught me nothing. I prayed, I says, God, let me learn how to play, and I'll use it for your kingdom. God gave me the ability, what little ability I've got. I'm not a master at anything, but God is my witness, and from that day to this, it's never been an instrument. If I wanted to play it, even if I never had it in my hands before, I'd pick it up, and I promise you within a few minutes, I could be able to play I saw the light of something on it. And I couldn't do that. That was impossible to me. But the God factor. 
And when that finger got cut off, brother, or just about cut off, hanging by the skin on it, I said, okay, Lord, I, I hear you. You don't have to say anything else. Because I don't want to be back to where I could. By that time, because I went beyond the, the, the guitar and other stuff, and I was playing, playing the keyboard. I says, Lord, I, I, I don't want to be able not to be able to play that. I says, all right, I'm, I'm gone. But it wasn't long after I left, the test came. And I needed, I needed $700 or something for, for a bill. God provided. It came in a way that I wasn't expecting it. So what I'm telling you today is, don't ever eliminate the God factor in, in your life. Always make yourself, and listen, there's some people in this world that's got all kind of talent. I know people that's a whole lot more talented than I am about playing stuff, but they never get used because, listen, God does not look for talent. He looks for people that makes themselves available. God don't look for talent. He looks for people who's going to be dependable. God needs somebody in this day and hour, amen, to put them in a position that when he looks, amen, he knows they're going to be sitting there ready to be called on. Not because when they look, well, where, where so-and-so are, they're out flying a kite somewhere. Hallelujah. It's my, listen, every relationship has a responsibility to it. I got a responsibility that that comes to me for, for what God has given me. Hallelujah. Amen. And I look to God for certain things and then there's responsibilities that I got to feel. I cannot just go out and fly tight what I want to. I've got to be true to my responsibility. I got to prove God that God I am dependable because if I can't prove God that I'm dependable, that I'll be there when he needs me, hallelujah, he will walk away and go to somebody else. Do you hear what I'm saying? And you'll be left in a corner somewhere sucking your thumb because God says they've got a great talent, but you can't depend upon them. I've heard people say that I have God talk to them, and they only heard God talk to them. Sometimes God tries to wake them up at 2 o'clock in the morning because there's somebody a hundred mile away that needs prayer. And God's tried waking you up before, but you're just a little bit too lazy to get up out of that bed at 2 o'clock in the morning and get out on your knees and say, God, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but, I, but you woke me out of my sleep tonight, and I'm praying. Hallelujah. I preached a message one time a long time ago titled, Can God Trust You with a Burden? Can God trust you with a burden? Can God put a burden in your life over a lost soul? Can he trust you enough to put a burden? See, God, God loves it when people are there to intercede for somebody else. Hallelujah. That's when he moves. Let's, let's stand together.
If anybody needs prayer today, we're going to give you an opportunity. I didn't finish my message. I may. I don't know. It depends on what God does. We'll be having service at 6 tonight. I, I may finish this one or do something else. I don't know. It's up in God's hand. But if you need prayer, we're fixing to have a baptizing. But if you need to talk to God, the altars are open. There are people who will pray with you today. Hallelujah. Since we all are affected so much in our lives about God's grace, I think that's what we'll sing just a little bit of. Well, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves.
Clap your hands unto the Lord. 